Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Hi, today I'm so happy I get to introduce you to another brother, my oldest brother, Hyatt Moore. He is quite a guy. God has made him that way. And uh, he's visiting right now. And he said, well, let's record right now. So he's in the living room and I'm in my office And we're going to see how this works. Hyatt, tell us a little bit about your family. And we're going to talk about legacy today and whatever profound thoughts that you're thinking about right now. My family. What family do we want to talk about? The one that you and I are connected to, where we both have the same parents and have the same siblings? That would be a good one to start. Okay, go ahead. I'd like to start with that one. Okay, good. The fact that we're from a family that is healthy, godly, Mm -hmm. and uh, supportive is uh, significant to all of our lives. And I'm Mm -hmm. very, very so supportive to one another you mean all of that <laughs> mm-hmm. we are supported by our parents and yeah. first and then we support each other love each other mm-hmm. people say that's rare i think it shouldn't be mm-hmm. and i'm grateful that we have our reunions every two years and so even though our parents are gone now and because they were the focus of our reason to get together mm-hmm. now we don't have that focus but we still get together every two years somewhere as a reunion and not just get together and visit but actually have uh, personal updates from each person of what's going on in their lives and then i love it each other. yeah it's very very important Hi, so it I reminds me oh, oh. about that though you're well, probably asking about my own family well I'll, i am but let me interrupt you for sure. just a second remind me of my dad our dad not yes. just my dad who said when he get, when he got older he got a little more emotional and teary eyed remember that yes. and one day he was saying to me i just love it that all you kids get along with each other and you love each other and i go well dad sometimes we, <laughs> i said dad we get along better over email sometimes and he just looked at me really funny <laughs> So well, we, we do love each other, but it's good that it's every two years, not every two days, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it would be different. <laughs> but praise okay. God. Praise God. Okay, go ahead. Your own family. Okay, your little show your your uh, shoulder. Okay. Wrap. You know, there you go. Now, now the other. Ah, perfect. You're Thank so, you. So good. <laughs> Symmetrical. <laughs> and then we, Anne and I, have five children, four Ooh. by birth, one by adoption. People ask me, "Well, how old are this?" I don't know. They are. I mean, <laughs> they got their own kids. I can yeah. remember them. Yeah. And we have 17 grandchildren, which I can hardly fathom myself because mm-hmm. they're, you know, they, we don't see them. We see them every two years also and more often. Mm-hmm. They're spread around the country. Only two live near, one child lives near, near us and she has two. Mm-hmm. So we see them. Other than that, we only see them at, well, more often, but at least every two years, also at reunions and have the same kind of thing where we really do catch up with each other. You give each couple a session where we there to ask uh, three questions. One is what has happened since we were together last in your lives of significance? There's always something in two years. Uh, how have you seen God working in your life in that period? Often those two questions uh, overlap. 
and then something positive about your spouse. Each one is to say something about their spouse, which is a great thing. And then we pray for them and affirm them. And that's what we can ask for the questions. Mm. Anyway, I think it's the jewel of the reunion each time. Now, sure. of course, it's also about just getting together and the cousins getting to know each other and love each mm -hmm. other and with each other. So it's significant. So it is. Yeah, family is a major thing, and we make sure we're sort of purposed about it. Hmm. Not all the time. We're busy, but kind of a, as a cycle or a ritual or a regularness that keeps it to go together. Okay, I heard you recently introduce yourself as a man of three different careers. Could you uh, elaborate on those? Yeah, briefly? I came to realize <laughs> I'm in my third career. My first one was as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. I was a magazine art director, surfer magazine of all things, but it was a very creative job and a very creative magazine. I loved it. And at that point in my life, that was my whole goal, to become an art director. I became an art director a lot earlier than I thought I would. I loved the job. But I found myself empty. It was mm -hmm. a, a whole part of my tape testimony, which is we're not going to get into it today. That would take another podcast, podcast I would think. Mm -hmm. But uh, I'll just say that I found myself empty during that time when I shouldn't have been because mm -hmm. I was filled and I had my goals met. I had my car, I had my boat, I had my wife, I had my house. I had everything that a man should need to be happy, and I wasn't. That's when I sought God. I didn't seek God at all. I was running from God. Hmm. But raised a Christian, but now on the run from him. Another story. But he reached out and found me in Mexico hmm. by myself, reading a book. Another hmm. story. Anyway, that changed my life radically, age 27. Hmm. After that, I began to seek, well, what do I can do for the kingdom now? What can I do to serve God? This has helped me so much. How do I help others with the same medicine? Hmm. And then we've and <clears throat> discovered Wycliffe Bible translators. We joined them. Another long story. I'm shortcutting it. That began a 32-year career. Hmm. Well, in that career, there were many careers. I had many things. I was also a graphic designer for them. And then they, uh, editor and director of communications and all the communications arts. And then they said, well, you got leadership and you need to have more field experience. We were in Guatemala first for a couple of years, then in the home of science in the, in the US office, and then sent us out to Papua New Guinea. I wrote a book there. I was a writer. I was expired. I wanted to be a writer. Hyatt, hold on. That. But for those who don't know what Wycliffe does, just give us their mission okay. statement. Okay, Wycliffe Bible Translators does what the name says translate the Bible, but they do it in languages that are not, haven't yet been written down. So it's a major job linguistically. Hmm. Live among the people that are in usually very remote locations, learn their language without having a written alphabet to write, learn from, give them an alphabet, that is, show them what their alphabet will look like with their particular set of sounds, and, and then teach them to use it, and teach them, give them all kinds of written materials, so they so they can be practicing, mm -hmm. and they're ultimately translating the Bible, never by themselves, always with the uh, the uh, local people. And these days, more and more, the local people are doing it themselves. So it's you know it's, it's grown into quite a large movement. But anyway, that's what it does, and okay. it had many jobs besides linguists. And Anne and I were among those other jobs, these other things. Hmm. So we have worked in Papua New Guinea for a couple of years. I planned events, big programs. You helped me with one of them. You were there. I'm very grateful. It was wonderful. That was fun. 
Yeah, and then uh, then we are assigned to Texas, where I was the vice president at the international level. And then I was elected to be the um, president of the U.S. aspect of it. So it was a major, major change again, major career change. And I love that, too. Hmm. I was no longer an artist. Well, they called me an artist, and I was, but not doing it because, you know, I was doing administration and leadership and creative, uh, yeah, creative leadership, which is wonderful. I love it. I call that my second career only because I didn't call it that then. No. But I only call it that now because in the mid, the uh, kind of the high point, as it turned out, of that career, uh, the vision to become a painter came over me. Another story. I'm not going to go too far into that now because we wouldn't have the time. But it's pretty interesting how yeah. I was waiting for a light to change on the way home from work, looking into a gallery window just because I looked into gallery windows when I would drive by them. And this was a Laguna Beach town full of galleries. So a painting, I thought, oh, I could do that. Oh, you I said that. that. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, something. I mean, I, I, mm. I mean, I don't know how to do that, but that person figured it out. Mm -hmm. I can figure it out. Yeah. I'm going to be a painter. I mean, yeah. I'm going to be a painter. I'm not going to go try it. I'm going to be a painter. It just wow. came over me like a lightning bolt. It just happened in a moment in time. I mm. mean, I was so excited about this new idea. I'm going to be a painter. Wow. Well, this all happened before the light changed. <laughs> you, know? you mean God can speak that fast? I think it's rare mm. because I don't know how you get that. I didn't see it coming. Mm. I think it's rare, but I think it happened. It was the 11th talent, as I've thought about many years later, that the 10 talent guy who had been the one five talent guy in the parable of the talents received. Mm. That's how I see it. What do you mean? Well, okay, the parable of the talents was drawn to my talents. And the Lord used that years later to speak to me about this whole thing. I'll not get that's another story. Um, five, two, and one. The master gave five talents to one, two talents to one, one according to their ability. So they already had a certain ability. Right. According to that ability, he gives. Okay. I can never relate to the five talent guy because I didn't feel that was that able. I was a two-talent guy. I knew oh, that. I could write, okay. I could paint. I was still new at painting, but it was a talent I could see I was nurturing. But leadership, that wasn't that uh, one of your talents? Uh, no, that was another one. See, the, we have mm -hmm. lots of gifts. Mm -hmm. We are all multifaceted. Anyway, I was, a fr I was wary of becoming a one-talent person only because we tend to hold our talents down being a little bit uh, self-conscious that we're not as good as we are, want to be, don't want to seem like we think we are in, in our publics. Yeah. So we hold it down and we think we're being humble and godly and doing it. And God says, I'm not impressed with that. I gave you something. <laughs> Come on, get with it. I'm an investment <laughs> banker. Give me something more. I already had your two talents. Give me four. Wow. So that's what he's saying to us. And that's mm -hmm. uh, very clear. Hmm. Well, what happened was that one talent guy was so, uh, you know, he was the one who was unfaithful. He thought he was being faithful. He said, I'll right. get back. It's the same as, it, I mean, I wiped the dirt off of it. And here it is. It's, it's no worse for wear. There it is. God said, you are unfaithful. Because he That's was afraid. To all of us. Do you think that we're always a little bit afraid that we're being show? Are you saying that we would be afraid of being proud? And so that's why we don't dust, we only dust that's it off. That's just one of the reasons. We call, it's inhibition of one way or another. Um, inhibition is basically fear at its, at its root. And fear was a problem that happened to the one talent guy. He says, I was afraid of you. Mm. 
Okay. What are we afraid of? All kinds of things. We even like it. We'll hide it behind godliness. Like I said, we call it humility. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, be, be humble, but step up to your gift. You all have one. We all have more than one. We have more than we can have time to fit them in. Hmm. Besides that, my reading this morning, which you'll get more yet, because it says, Jesus says, he who has will, has, will be given more. Well, who hmm. doesn't have? We all have. You'll get more if you use it. Oh God! Is, is okay. So what? That is the um, requirement. You'll only get more if you use what you have That's been right. given. Uh, Absolutely, because otherwise it withers. Anybody that doesn't walk can't walk. Now, what you read this morning, you exhorted me, or you actually affirmed me right after you read it. So, do yeah. you mind repeating that affirmation? <laughs> well, you know, I was, reading, I was reading it in your Bible because mine is in the car. I just picked it up, I opened it, and it fell open to that spot. But it fell open to that same spot yesterday in a different Bible. Uh, oh, oh, I wonder what the Lord is telling it me. Hyatt, you may be turning 80 this year, so what? There's more. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. So do I do more or do I pray for more? And then I think the answer is both of those. Just don't slough off. My prayer these days of recent is that I would be so blessable because God, I know God blesses me. I see it. And I'm so I, I rejoice in it. It's not that so I'm blessed. So blessable? What do you mean? A blessable. I'm not after God for what he can give me. No. Okay. I'm after God for who he is. And because there's so much, but he does bless. He has all these uh, qualifications in scripture. Lots of say, if you do this, you'll be blessed. If you do, if you don't, you won't. Da, da, da. Mm. It's full of, Old Testament is full of it. So is the New Testament. Wow. What religion gives that? Yeah. Anyway. So I think he's a blessing God. He wants to bless me. Why am I not more? Some, some, because I prevent it. Sometimes my thoughts, actions, words, mm. attitude. I think, well, he can't bless those things. And yet mm. I do it. So I repent of it when I see it, of course. Mm -hmm. So my prayer and mindset these days is just keep myself from being unblessable. Hmm. I love it. <laughs> so they can. You know, it's a great thing. Anyway, I was back. We're still, this is a little rabbit trail from where we were. Which, I like the rabbit oh, trails. They, but the, 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 the five talent guy who I can't relate to because he's got too many to start with. Yeah. I know those guys. I know some of those guys. <laughs> he got 10 talents. Wow. Because he, everybody was doubled. And that's the other thing. Even it's not that he's so blessed more than the two talent because the two talent also doubled, so they'll double because of their faithfulness. Mm -hmm. But the one talent that was taken away from the guy, from the man who was faithless was given to the ten talent guy. You kind of wonder now why did he get more? But he already had a more. So well, that's just the way it is. We see it in life. Those who get get. This is scripture mm -hmm. I just told you. Mm -hmm. You get more, you get more. So this guy had a lot, and he got more yet. Hmm. Is it fair? I don't know if it's fair or not, but there it is. It's it's true, and Jesus even affirmed it in his parable. Mm -hmm. No, that ten-talent ten guy, the trouble with people with a lot of talent, I don't know the trouble, the challenge is they have they can be so busy. They have to be, they got much more to get into their eight hours or 12 hours or 24 hours days. Mm -hmm. They got to figure out how to keep it all going when they really do have a lot. Now, usually they're the kind of smart people that can, so okay. 
I don't sympathize too much. Or they're, ri- they're rich enough to hire an assistant. So here's a guy that's got 10 talents, busy as can be, loving life, fully involved in lots of things and lots of people, no doubt. And an 11th talent comes flying out of the breeze. Where'd that one come from? The guy that with the one had lost his and was given to this one. And he's thinking, wow, there's another thing I'd like to do. <laughs> he doesn't know where this came from. He just says, ah, another great thing. I'm going to figure out how to integrate that into my life and do that one too. Okay, I'm saying, I think I experienced that at the stoplight. I'm not saying I was five talent. I'm not saying that. I already said that. I'm saying that same principle I think I experienced. Because it, I had been, I have to say, not that I was always so righteous, not that I was always so faithful, not that I was always so good, not that I was always so holy, but I had been diligent. I'd been wanting to and actually serving God in the way I could knew how to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what God rewards mm-hmm. because he doesn't reward our intelligence. He knows how much we have and how little we have. Hmm. So we can't compare ourselves and we can't think that God's judging us according to that. Yeah, I have a question. Does, I have a question. What he does judge us for, okay, is are we working at it? Are we being diligent? I think I had been. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. I'm just no. saying, I think that's where that quote, 11th town that came from, midlife. So now I am a full-time painter. I'm living that life. Mm. And, that's and I call it my third career because it is a career. I don't use the R word, never will. And I and I paint and I love it and that, I'm making my living at it. And the R word is retire. Is that oh, what you're saying? Yeah. Someone said I was retired the other day. Go, Are you kidding? I haven't. I'm. I've never been so busy as I am yeah. now. Yeah, and busy can do. be a bad word, but in my life, it's not. I think I have a full yeah. life. After yeah. my 70th birthday party, I started signing off my emails. A full life because my life is so full. I believe it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Another uh, one I like from James is the life that is truly life. Oh. That's what we've been given, the life mm. that is truly life. Mm. And I know the difference because I was trying to live a life that wasn't that before I got saved, and it was quite different. Mm. Question. Uh, what would be, for someone who just heard that great expression, I want to live a life that's blessable, what would be, besides diligence, what's one thing that you've given? Um, tell me another aspect of living a life that's blessable where God would say, hey, I'm really going to pour out my blessing on this follower of mine. Well, I think that anybody, he has a fairly low bar and then a very high bar. <laughs> low bar is acknowledge me and all, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your path. We mm-hmm. all want direction day mm-hmm. by day. We're looking mm-hmm. for it. There's a promise. All you have to do is acknowledge God. All you have to do is bring him into your thoughts. Mm. God, you're part of this. Help me with it. That's enough right there. Very low bar. Anybody Anybody that's got any smarts will do that, whether they know God or not. I mean, why not? Mm -hmm. That's a low bar. And God says, I will bless that. Mm. I will direct your path. Just acknowledge me. That's the low bar. That's the The high high bar. bar is be holy for I am holy. I'm holy. Yeah. Whoa. I mean, how do you, okay, you're holy. I get that. How can I be holy? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that is a high calling. But the fact that he, as he says that it came across in the Old Testament, he says it again in the New Testament, both mm-hmm. places. The fact that he says it implies that he thinks we can do it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we can't do it on our own. If we try to, we're just in sin right there. <laughs> we can do it with his help, with his spirit, with his fullness. He can do it. If and in as much as we are doing it, 
he'll bless it. Hmm. So we become blessable. Hmm. And that's a wonderful thing because hmm. you can get the blessing of God beyond your own efforts. The other days, I've been sending a lot of paintings lately. Somebody says, How's that happening? I thought, you know, I don't know. It happens in spurts. But I said, I think it's because I'm working at it and because God is blessing me. Hmm. Hmm. I do both. I work hmm. at it, but I try to make good paintings and then I try to find people that want them and make them priced so they can afford them. I all think that, that's all part of my action. My that's thought the part that I can't make happen, God. And that's what I need and want. And because that I want to see him. I want to see him in my life. Hmm. So I can kind of take kind of risks or belief where I can actually see his hand on me. I think when we um, work on being holy, we can get caught up in the work of being holy. So that would be something that, oh, I don't want to work on it because I'll start being legalistic in my behavior. So how would how are you discounting that but saying, yes, we still need to be holy? Well, I don't think I'm legalistic. I don't think that way at all. Mm -hmm. It's usually having to do with judging somebody else anyway. No, it's all about me. I know when my thoughts are not only independent, but visiting the other, the other kingdom. Yeah. You know, and so I say, okay, that is not... Not good for it's not good for my relationship relation with God. It's not good for me. It happens, and then I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. and shamed, and you know, I bring it back to God. But I don't want to live that way. So God says, "No, be holy, mm -hmm. like I'm holy," which means yeah. you can do it. You just can't do it on your own. He just wants us moment by moment with Him. And the fact that he convicts me when I'm not being holy just gives me a chance to come back to him quicker if I'm listening to him. That's right. Being holy is one of those commands. Well, all of his commands are for our good. So it's like when I tell people, um, you know, being hospitable, you know, I speak on that, is a command. It's not a suggestion, but it's really for our good. It's for our good to be that engaged with people. Yeah. So it's, I call it self-serving sanctification. So when we are because it serves us as well. I mean, God says, hey, this is my boundary, and that will help you so much if you just look at it as a good thing rather than as a something that's keeping you from life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in your painting, how is that your um, career? How is that? I'm, I'm not sure what to ask about it. It gives you so much life, but it gives other people so much joy. And yet I think Christians can even discount artists as being like, that's just a hobby. Not a <laughs> it was never a hobby. It's a passion. By the way, there's a painting. Oh yeah, you see it up there. There's Big a, one. One of my paintings that you have. That particular one is a copy of a Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was a great model. But anyway, can you is. take can you take the computer over to the one over the couch in the family room? Can mm, you pick up? It's oh there. the Last Supper. Yeah, that's yeah, my most, you have a print of my most famous. You may not be able to see it because of the glare. Oh yeah, yeah glare of. I'll put it in show notes though. Okay. And then on the, in the next room, Hyatt, the family room across from the wow. television, in the next room. Oh, yeah, that's another one. That one won't have glare. Can you show them that one? <laughs> oh, I love that. And the reason I love this one is because it reminds me of the hills around where I live. Yeah. It's just San Luis Obispo. And so often we don't get rain. So we call it the Golden Hills, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a golden state. Yeah. So <laughs> Not because there was gold here, but <laughs> because of all that dry grass. Now, um, what would be your definition of an artist? Mm, well, an artist, I think, first uh, sees things in a certain way, he or she. 
and um, has a usually color sense, a design sense, uh, and a, an aesthetic sense. It just sort of values how things uh, appear. I think that's the beginnings of it. And the next one is, of course, developing it. Some people ask me how long you've been an artist. I said, well, I don't know. I think <clears throat> you're born with it. Yeah. But you're only born with this sense, uh, you know, uh, kind of a talent. But the talent is something that is, has to be developed. So how long have you been a painter? Well, I can answer that one. How long have I been working at it? I can answer those things. But if you don't have it as a seed to begin with, there's, there's nothing, nothing will grow. Well, I remember so as a, a child, <laughs> as a child, you painted, um, we would do Easter egg painting every year. That was our family tradition. And you would paint the best ones on the eggs. And so you were, you know, you've been an artist your whole life because well, you're not there, there nine years go. old. Yeah. I don't even remember that. Thanks for reminding me. But it sounds like something I would do. So an artist will do that. Mm -hmm. An artist won't say, I could never do that. Well, of course not. Because mm -hmm. there's a zillion things I could never do. We just me have too. something in us already and we develop it. And if we don't develop it, we're being unfaithful, as mm -hmm. I already said in the talent. Mm -hmm. So that's it. I think it's basically a sense of seeing things different and kind of uh, responding to things different right off the bat. Uh, some people they are some, discounted. You know, the church uh, doesn't know what to do with us half the time. And so what? Because all of us in the church are there for other reasons, and all mm -hmm. of us have different gifts. I mean, engineers aren't affirmed for their engineering in the church either, so don't complain about it, you know. Yeah. Get, get back to life. <laughs> get back to life. I, um, I've heard people say, well, I'm not creative. I don't have a creative bone in my body. What would you say to them? I said, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I said that nobody has none because everybody can do a little basic creative creativity is basically problem solving. Mm -hmm. A person's highly creative is seeing is inventing their own problems and solving them. And they're solving them in a way that's brilliant and you know completely new. Mm -hmm. So that's the creative person. Yeah. And a person who's not creative is not doing that. And so that's right. And we can't all be we can't all have all the gifts. Why would, how would we be different? And how would we be contributing yeah. to the whole if we had the same gifts? Yeah. I like it that you say it's problem solving because my husband's a problem solver. People come to him and say, I hurt. He says where and how often and what medicines are you taking? And he takes in all the information and then he figures out what the problem is. And then he tells you how to solve it. Yeah. And it's really also that one of the spiritual gifts is discernment. I think he has that. And mm -hmm. So I think, I, and I also think everybody is a little bit creative because we're all made in the image of God and he's the great creator. So we all have some creativity. Yes. I love the if idea can, that, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go I ahead. Can, if I can remember this quote now, hmm. it's the difference between art and science. Hmm. And your husband is very intelligent. He's got incredible memory. He's, he's got the science gift. I don't. Hmm. I can't do what he does. He can't do what I do. Okay. Right. Just for him, it took more of a, formal education. Me, I kind of learn it as I go. Right. You know, just learn by doing. Yeah. I mean, education in my area too, but not as, not, not, not as mandatory as in his. He has to know all that stuff and remember it. Art, between the art, the difference between art and science is that if it's science, it's always repeatable. Hmm. If it's art, it's never repeatable. So the arts are always making up something new. The science isn't always making up something new. You'd be scared of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know pull, operate on my, my teeth 
in a way that you were taught, and that's some way you're going to make yeah. up now. Yeah, but how you feel. He's always making up something new, and if you're not making something new, you're just stupid getting things again, and you're not being an artist anymore. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, as you know, my podcast is about legacy. What legacy do you want those who know and love you uh, to be known for? What do in you my want lifetime, to be known for? Yeah. I'm gone. In your lifetime, what are you doing about it right now I to make sure like, that they know you? That's a good question. I don't know that I have. I think about it very much, but if I did think about it, <laughs> well, let me back up and say when I first became started to be an artist, I thought, well, I don't want to be a Christian artist. I'm in a Christian. I'm not. I'm not going to deny that, but I don't want to be just seen as that. I want to just be an artist. And I think that's of God. And that has served me. But like I said, I and I don't do very many Christian images, although I do some, and I think I have a mindful of doing more even now, so who knows what will come. Hmm. But it's really just to develop the skill for the sake of the skill, and then you can do anything with it once you get developed it. So, I guess my thought at the time was, I want to be known as an artist. But then I wonder, under God, is that enough? So now I'm bored to think, no, I think I just want to be known as a Christian, who is an artist. When I'm being a Christian, of course, you know, a lot of, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, and sometimes not too positive. But a person who's following God, not only wants to please God, but wants to experience God. I think that's what I want. I think that's what I would like my family to remember or to see now that I do. Hmm. Now, legacy also means, usually means, what about your, after. after you're gone, what will yeah. you remember you for? And I got to thinking that just this morning that that must be, that's, I think that's a little overrated, even though I also promote it hmm. like you do. And have spoken on it, or use it in my speaking. Um, I think it's overrated, because in fact, only a few people in history get that. The most, the rest of us are forgotten in a generation or two, mm -hmm. as Ecclesiastes says will happen. Mm -hmm. I don't. I barely remember my grandfather. Certainly not his father. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. That's normal, but God will say, "Well, that's not the point anyway." Right, you're going to heaven, and glory is waiting. And you won't. You look back and say, "What was that about?" I mean, interesting. <laughs> and well, you say, "Well, am I known to remember back there?" You won't care. Yeah. So I think, I think the legacy is not to be too worried about, except in your children. Hmm. And this kind of brings us back to where we started. I believe that you and I and our siblings are so much a result. Our successes in life, when I mean success, I don't mean just success on the surface. I mean as people that value, has a lot to do with the legacy that our parents left us hmm. because of their goodness. I mean, I had trouble with my mother. She was, she was too hard on me, and I rebelled, and we had a major problem for some years. And it took me coming back to God to have that solved. Hmm. But it was solved, and I re respected her for the rest of her life. Well, I think if I have any legacy at all, it would be in the lives of my children. And that's what I work on, have worked on, and will hope for. And that's it.
Um, for those who don't have the parents that we had, not that they were perfect, we knew that full well. What do you say to them to start a better legacy for their own children? What, what advice could you give them? Well, my heart goes down to them because I know that's major. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that experience. So I can't be too glib about that. But they can't hide behind it either. They still have God the Father. They still have a new start in life. They can still do it right from here on out. And mm -hmm. that's all I can say to them. And I think it's true. How does your life um, embody the welcoming heart of God? <laughs> that sounds like something you'd say, the welcome lady. Well, it doesn't have to be hospitality. It's just how God invites us. How, do you, how does your life God embody? God is new every morning. Mm -hmm. He says that about himself. His mercies are new every morning. Is how, how it says in scripture. I get ideas every morning or new uh, solutions to where I left off with challenges the day or days before. And I have wondered about that too. Why, how is it that they come in the morning it's like a new start. And the, oh, I know what I'll do today, or I know what I'll do about that or something. Why didn't God give that to me before? He knew it all. Hmm. Is that he, does he, is that the way he operates with us? Knowing that we can only take so much at a time and he kind of feeds it to us slowly? Maybe, maybe. Probably. <laughs> or has he said, no, I created it with a brain. I created it with creativity. And you see how it's going to happen. And you'll see that after a sleep or whatever it takes, your mind on neutral for a while, new things come. Hmm. I see it all the time. And it's like, I grow to expect it, or at least not be surprised by it. I don't expect it because I don't know it's coming. Hmm. But I'm not surprised when it does. I said, I think there it is again. I said, oh, I got a new idea. It just happened. And now I know what I'm going to do. Anyway, hmm. that's one way. Well, this has been terrific. And yes, we could do at least two more podcasts. But for today, uh, thank you for joining me and my oldest brother. He's adorable. And if you're ever in Southern California, he would invite you to his home, which is a veritable art gallery. I will show some pictures of that too in the show notes. Uh, Hyatt, thank you so much. I sure love you. And I'm so glad I'm part of your family. And vice versa. I'm so great to be with you all every time. God thank bless you. you. Thank you. He does. I'm trying to be blessable. <laughs> Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.